Blog Talk Radio. Glamour Fearless. Diva Talk Radio. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Hello, dudes and dudes. Are you ready? Because I'm ready to welcome you to Diabetes Roundtable. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedek, and I'd like to help empower you to manage your diabetes with confidence, knowledge, and inspiration. It's National Diabetes Awareness Month, and I've been told I've been officially earned the title of being a triple threat, not because I sing, dance, or act. I don't do any of those. <laughs> but because this month I'll be presenting along with my team, Diabetes Outreach with Dazzle in three different cities, including Pittsburgh, Brooklyn, New York, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. In every city, at all of these wonderful, free, and fabulous events, my team and I will be cheering on people just like you for taking charge with their Don't Get Down, Get Diva attitude about living with diabetes. Let's take a minute. I'd like to take a minute right now and acknowledge the time and effort you take Spending, managing your diabetes, I think you deserve a standing ovation. So pat yourself on the back and sit back because this is an amazing show. Tonight my lineup of guests include the Charlie's Angels of Outreach, which are Patricia Addy Gentle, Neva White, Emily Hiriak, best-selling author Cherry Adair, poet Lorraine Brooks, Mama Rosemary, Michelle Foster from the ADA in Philadelphia, David Matheson, and Pamela Harris-Smith from the Diva Better Club Philly, and my special guest, Sharon, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'd like to sh- encourage you to show your support for a dazzling brand of diabetes outreach by donating today at divabetic.org. Your tax-deductible contributions are greatly appreciated. Now, this is an exciting show because not only do I get to spend an hour with you, I also get to celebrate the release of New York Times bestselling author Cherry Adair's newest novella, Ricochet, a T-Flax short shot, featuring a smart and sexy character living with diabetes. This ebook is available now, it just came out, at Cherry's website and also on Amazon.com. So get ready to laugh a little, learn a lot, and turn up that diabetic attitude because Diabetes Roundtable Podcast is about to launch. All right, everybody. Wow. I mean, it's a gala night here. I've got the streamers. I've got the balloons. I've got everything going on because I'm so excited about the release of this new book, and I want to start by welcoming one of my favorite people on the show. She's with me every month. Not only is she an author herself, she's a poet. She also is helping promote diabetes awareness in a fun new way for the next three days at SUNY Downstate Medical Center. Please welcome Lorraine Brooks. Hello, Lorraine. Hi, Max. How are you? Thank you for inviting me again. How are you? You've had an amazing day, I know, at SUNY Downstate. I just got home a few minutes, in fact, before the podcast began because I did have a long day. And as you know, uh, Susan McCaslin, yourself, and I 
put in uh, the first installation of the Diabetes uh, Plate Poetry Project at Downstate Medical Center in Brooklyn today. And I've got to tell you, it's getting a lot of very positive attention. And um, people are asking questions. They're stopping to interact with the plates and interact with Susan, who's explaining her wonderful ideas about um, using words on plates to help people describe and think about their relationship with food and how food affects not only their health, but the health of people around them. And it's just been a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Tomorrow we're having a workshop where we're inviting people to come in and actually participate in perhaps writing some poetry or thinking about um, uh, being more interactive with with their food and their food choices and the people around them. And then Thursday, uh, the 14th, we're going to have a uh, a diabetes health fair. We've invited some of our endocrinologists and patient education people and uh, some people from our nursing program, and they're going to be giving out a lot of wonderful information about diabetes management. And also, Susan McCaslin will be there again to discuss the plate poetry. So it's an exciting week at Downstate. It really is, and it's exciting at DivaBetic because this concept of the Plate Poetry Project started at the DivaBetic Club in Philadelphia, and I'll be speaking to Neva White, who's a leader of that club, uh, later on in the podcast, plus we'll be meeting a member, Sharon. So this is really like this outreach project started in Philadelphia two years ago, and now it's come into um, just... It's just incredible, and it's a lot of it is because Oneida China and Clayton China donated uh, wonderful serveware, uh, serve flatware, dinnerware for Susan to design on, and it is, this program is also a recipient of the Dreamfield 50 Plates, 50 States Health Initiative, and it's so amazing to bring it to Brooklyn, New York, to your hospital, Lorraine, and really kind of champion this idea of emotional eating, which I know is getting a lot more coverage, but I, I do really agree with you that... Um, Susan has a really imaginative, interesting idea. So th- I, I think if people get a chance to stop by, they should see it. And if they um, don't, you're going to see some pictures on Facebook, I'm sure. So Absolutely. you know, not only did that happen today, this is a blockbuster. We're doing the podcast. But also it's a release of this fabulous book coming up with by Cherry Adair. And I know uh, you and I were talking a little bit about this ahead of time, Ricochet, because it's about a smart, sac- sexy, sassy heroine who's, I would like to call her a divabetic, uh, Hannah, and this book is so interesting to me, and I'm so excited to promote it because I really think uh, Cherry is showing her audience, uh, so many fans of hers of the T-Flex series, but everyone else, that diabetes doesn't have you stop you from doing anything, even uh, joining a, an operative like T-Flex, and I, I think it's boundless in the dreams that we're trying to promote in National Diabetes Awareness Month and, of course, empower people living with that risk and affected by diabetes to manage their diabetes with confidence, knowledge, and inspiration. And um, I, 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 no, I, I congratulate you again on, on, uh, on the, all the ideas, the wonderful ideas that you have. We're very happy at Downstate to be a part of this, this whole movement. I know it started in Philadelphia, and, I, and I'm sure that it's going to gain momentum and go to other large cities. As you know, we're the only medical school in uh, the borough of Brooklyn, and so we have a lot of students, too, who are interested in working with this population, and it's going to be very educational for them. So I'm looking forward to it, and I'm just glad that we can be a part of it. Thank you again. All right. So uh, why don't you share your poem for tonight? 
So um, in honor of Cherry and uh, her heroine and all of the women out there who have diabetes, and including myself who, who deal with it every day, my poem is called Smart and Sassy because that's how I feel. Smart, sassy, funny, and classy, too. Don't let diabetes get the best of you. Women, we are powerful. We got it going on. We shouldn't let the woes of life keep us from being strong. Food, news, shoes, booze, work, kids, DVDs and vids, husbands, brothers, fathers, mothers, cooking, baking, leaves kneading, raking, all of it we do with pride. If we don't succeed, we tried. Never let them say you can't. You're in style and relevant. Sassy, funny, and smart, too. Make diabetes just reveal the best in you. Wow, Lorraine. <laughs> I love that poem. <laughs> I can't wait to post it on Facebook for everyone to see. I, that's, what an incredible poem. Thank you for sharing that tonight. Thank you for asking me. Always and thank you for partnering with us all year long on doing outreach and even taking it to your hospital. And I want people to know out there, if you're interested in bringing DivaBetic programming to your hospital or to your community, please contest, contact me at divabetic.org or you could email me personally at mrdivabetic at gmail.com. I know you're going to stick around and, be a, and listen in on the show, and we'll get your ideas later on about what you thought. And thank you again for celebrating this book release of, of Cherries. Thank you, Max. Congratulations, Cherry, and have a great show. All right, everybody. You heard from one diva, but we need more divas than that. So I think it's time to meet my special guest. That's right, everybody. Oh, my gosh. She's a New York Times bestselling author, and she's celebrating the newest book release with us tonight. This is so special. I I really uh, got to know her this year, and I just find her adorable. She's delightful, and she's very talented. Please welcome Publisher Weekly, USA Today, and New York Times bestselling author, Cherry Adair. Hi, Cherry. Hey. Hi, Max, and hi, everybody listening in. Um, I, I have... Um, I have wine. I have. I'm going to have a cup of hot tea. I don't know if you would like a glass of wine. Would you like some wine, Max, or would you like tea? Well, we're celebrating. I'll have some. I'll have some herbal tea. Oh, herbal tea. Okay, hang on a sec. Let me just pour. Just a minute. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm such a big fan of yours, and I, I've had uh, the lovely opportunity to getting to know you personally as well. But, I mean, your book series, T-Flack, is amazing. I love the suspense. I love the drama, and I do love the romance. And I, I want you to tell our readers a little bit about what they could expect in this newest book, Ricochet, Cherry. Well, this is a short story, and um, the whole reason that I actually wrote this short story was because of you, so I can blame you for all things, um, because I really wanted to write a heroine that is diabetic, and my books are basically, which whatever I'm writing is running, chasing, shooting, falling down, wild monkey sex. You can delete the wild monkey sex part if people can't hear that, but so that's what I write, and so I wanted to show a heroine who has diabetes and can do all of the stuff that any of my other kick-butt heroines can do, which I think that I pulled off in this book. Um, because what happens is she's 
I'm not, I can't tell you the whole story because, well, I could tell you the whole story, but it's only two ninety nine. so I think people should buy it. I agree. Um, but, yeah, really. But um, what happens is um, she follows a friend, and they're on a ship, and she has to leave the ship in a hurry, and all her supplies are on board. So she gives herself her shot before dinner, and then she doesn't get dinner. And there's a lot of running, chasing, shooting, falling down, and not a lot of wild monkey sex till the very end. But um, she figures it out and triumphs, and um, she is full of sass. I love her. Her name's Hannah, and I just absolutely love her, and I think I'm going to actually have to have her in another book so that she gets a whole book on her own. So I, I just love that it. you're doing this. I mean, I think it's incredible. I think it's sending such a powerful message to women as well as men living with diabetes that they could just, they could, they could live out their dreams. And I think, like you know, the idea that I inspired it in that my concept of don't let diabetes kill romance and connecting with you through all the wonderful authors I met this year. Right. It's just like phenomenal moment in diabetic history. But I hope people grab this book and see the possibilities because I know for a lot of people it's a, you know, diabetes is difficult. It takes day-to-day management. We're going to be talking to several educators in the show as well as Michelle Foster from the American Diabetes Association later on who will be giving us more information about diabetes if you're tuning in. But, Cherry, this is really inspiration, and I think when people are down, they need to feel inspired. They need to feel encouraged, and I love the idea that they could just pick up this book and see this real-life heroine just doing everything, including dodging bullets and falling in love with the TFLAC operative. I mean, we have to exactly. talk about uh, – what exactly. is his name? Because his name is Grayson. Grayson Burke. And this is someone – he, he knows Hannah. He did know he Hannah. Does. He does. He's actually – they grew up together. And he disappeared um, before their wedding day. And she hasn't seen him since. So it's three years since they've seen each other, and he basically stood her up at the altar. I was going to say he just didn't. He he, he stood her up. This was this is kind of yeah, awful. He did. So, so they kind of oh, Hannah no. and Hannah and Grayson kind of meet again under these very suspenseful uh, scenery and atmosphere. And of course, there's like you said earlier, there's a lot of chasing, running, falling down, and bullets being shot. Boom, 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 or ricocheting off walls, I should say. Correct. And uh, they've only got a little bit of time to save the world, right? Very little, yeah, very little time. I realized after I finished writing this short story that the entire story takes place over about three and a half hours, <laughs> which I've never done that, that short uh, time length before. So it's only three and a half or four hours from, you know, when they get back together to when, you know, the end. So that was kind of interesting to write. It was very interesting for me to write this heroine. And I must tell you that... Um, I'm a type 2, and I, I wanted Hannah to be type 1. So I actually went to my endocrinologist, whom I absolutely adore, and got all sorts of material and educated myself on the whole, the whole aspect of being a diabetic, whatever kind of diabetic you are, so that I learned actually a ton of stuff, you know, this is a, the Ricochet is a short story. So obviously it's not all about diabetes because, you know, a lot of my readers aren't diabetic and they would have no interest particularly. But, you know, I did a survey on Facebook and it is 
it stunned me how many people said that either they were diabetic or that they knew somebody that was diabetic. So, no, it is. So, what um, was one of the big? What was one of the big things you learned in the process of writing this book about diabetes? Oh God, just it's just so much. I mean, here's the thing. I think, uh, and obviously, I am not an expert on this, but I realize that you know, if you take care of yourself and you are aware of of what you are putting in your body and how you move your body, this is actually easy. It's actually easy if you're aware of what you're putting into yourself. And it also um, sounds it, like one of the messages in the book, too, I mean, based on what you just shared earlier, is being prepared and planning ahead. Right. And, you know, Hannah obviously right. was in these unbelievable circumstances that you put her, you know, her back against the wall. But really, truly, if people are listening right now, I think one of the take-home messages that you were sharing, too, earlier was just the idea of, like, being prepared. This woman was prepared. Then these out, outrageously wonderful circumstances happened that kind of changed that. But like you said, she does mm-hmm. persevere. And there's a strong right. message. And I think it's amazing um, to have you on the show. And thank you for sharing about your personal life and, and that you're living with type 2 diabetes and also just the knowledge you gained from just writing the book. So I think that's such a right. wonderful story for people I, to see. I, I, must, I must tell you this, although it's not that perky. It's not a perky story. But um, I, my father um, had diabetes and did not acknowledge it. Did not treat it, did not tell anybody about it, um, and it, it was an awful way to go. It was an awful way to go and made me so angry when I realized that, first of all, it would have been nice to know that he was diabetic so that I could have been tested much earlier. So it's a good thing to share it with people. And um, it made me angry that he didn't take care of himself. So that was a horrible way to go, and and I don't want other people to have to experience that. I tell everybody that I'm diabetic, and I'm aware of it all the time. Not aware of it in a negative way at all, but aware of it so that I'm conscious. I'm in the moment of it all the time. And And it's not stopping you in any way from living a fabulous, full, healthy life, happy life with your writing and your husband and you know I'm telling you my life is my life is awesome plus it's good it's really really good I'm not affected by my diabetes at all in any way I'm not affected by it at all Um, that's a strong message Sherry I just want to again congratulate you and cheer you on and I, I hope you know, based on what you just shared with your father, that people see this book as an opportunity to talk more openly about diabetes. This could be a really yes. great conversation starter for someone who might be nervous, scared, a little overwhelmed yeah, with how to open up to family or coworkers. Ricochet might be that perfect opportunity. How can people get their hands on the book? Um, it's about it's an ebook, so it's available on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or iTunes or Kobo, anywhere that people get their ebooks. It is available there, and it's available everywhere today. It came out today. Um, I, you know, I'm not trying to teach a lesson to anybody. This is more for people who are diabetic so that they can see how awesome life is. Um, you know, it's not my job to teach anybody a lesson, and I don't want to do that, but 
I'm a strong advocate for people taking control of their own bodies and their own lives and, and doing everything in their power to become healthy, healthier, um, you know, no matter what, whether they're diabetic or not diabetic. Well, so, I just I, congratulate you on the success of this new book coming out. I'm thrilled that I could play some small role in it. I hope our uh, Divabetic community gets behind the book, finds out about it. I know one lucky diva is going to get a copy tonight. And uh, yeah. I want to thank you again, Cherry, for being on the show and being an inspiration to me all year long. Oh, thank you, Max. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Wow, we had a, a, a book release party with the lovely Cherry Adair. Please check out Ricochet. What an incredible novel. You know, you don't have to just be in Cherry's book to be considered an operative in my line of work. I think there's three great educators. Yes, that's true. I love to call them the (laughs) Charlie's Angels of Outreach. They are Neva White from the Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. Hello, Neva. Hey, Max. How are you tonight? Welcome. Great. And Emily Hiriak from Thomas Jefferson University is here tonight as well. Hello, Emily. Hi. Hi, Max. Thanks for inviting me. That's so good to have you. And our third educator is going to call back in a minute. She's busy with dodging bullets. That's always Patricia Addy Gentle from Atlanta, Georgia. But while we're waiting for her, ladies, it's so great to have you on the show because we're celebrating this coming Saturday at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital with a free, fabulous program to kind of cap off an entire month long of uh, Diabetes Awareness Month. Neva, what's going on at Divabetic Victory Over Diabetes? Oh, this is our main event. This is where we kind of showcase uh, all of our diabetes education and resources for the year. This is where we get together. We have a lot of fun. Uh, it's just it's, it's our main event, and we are also looking forward to uh, partnering with the American Diabetes Association, Will's Eye Hospital, Keystone First. We have a whole lineup of individuals who are going to be a part of this program, and it's going to be a fun time to be had by all. And we're going to have special screenings this year, too. Can you just tell people about that? Yes, we're going to have glaucoma screening by Will's Eye Hospital. We're going to do A1C blood testing, and we're going to do um, body mass index as well as blood pressure. So we're really excited about I think this is our first time that we are doing extensive screening of this nature so people can actually come with the A1C test. That will give them... Uh, you know, some information and some insights as to uh, their risk for diabetes. All right, I love it. Well, guess what? It's getting a little hot in here, ladies. <laughs> ole, 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 ole. That means I'm getting ready to do hot topics with my educators tonight. Emily, you're first up because you're new to the show. You're in the hot seat. All right. I've been reading a lot lately, and, and besides Cherry Adair's books, which I love, and, and, and uh, Lorraine Brooks' poems, but I also read a new study shows that Oreos are more addictive than cocaine in laboratory rats. Oh, yes. <laughs> so this is such an eye-catching headline, isn't it? It kind of makes you think twice before buying Oreos. Um, I did have a chance to read about the study, and... An interesting point is the study never actually offered these rats a direct choice between cocaine versus the Oreos. So it's a little bit misleading to say that Oreos are more addicting than cocaine, but basically the researchers did design two rat mazes, 
And on the one maze, they offered Oreos on one side and rice cakes on the other. And can you guess which side the rats preferred? I, I don't think they like the rice cakes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they like the rice cakes. They wanted the Oreos. The second maze, they offered um, cocaine or morphine on the one side and saline injections on the other, which is kind of like water. It's like a placebo. And again, the rats chose the cocaine side more often. So the conclusion that was drawn, which this headline is kind of um, advertising, is that the rats um, you know, preferred the cocaine just as much as they preferred the Oreos or, or vice versa, preferred the Oreos right. just as much as they did the cocaine. So it's a little bit misleading because they never actually offered cocaine versus Oreos. <laughs> that would have been an interesting, um, they offered the rats. But, um, but the so question to me about this is that, you know, a lot, and you're a registered dietitian, we should tell everyone that. Um, you know, we talk a lot about there is no such thing as a diabetic diet. It's about moderation, not deprivation. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like some of us have, uh, we are becoming more addicted to some of these junk foods. I know there's been articles about the scientists reformulating some of the junk food um, recipes. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe we have a scientist calling in. I hear I hear a line ringing. Uh, but what do you what do you want to say on that? And I'll be picking so, up that line in a minute. So I I totally agree that certain foods are. Um, I'm not going to use the word addicting because I have a hard time with that word because I feel like addiction is a totally another story. But Certain foods definitely increase the serotonin level in your brain, and that is a known fact. That's been studied for a long time now. So basically when you have, like when you're feeling down, and what do you crave when you're feeling down? Like some people crave ice cream or cookies or Oreos or cake, and it actually, those carbohydrate foods they have shown does increase the serotonin level in your brain, which is the happy hormone. So it does make you feel better. So there is something to the fact that food stimulates pleasure. It like does make you feel better. Um, and interestingly, really, it's the carbohydrate foods that do that. Um, so something from the study that I took as a take-home message is that be careful what you keep in your house. <laughs> so if, if carbohydrate Because if it's foods, in your house, it's in your mouth, right? Yeah, yes, exactly. Cause, so, for example, my weakness – so if I tell everyone, know what your weakness is. Like, my weakness is cake. If I have cake in my house, I can't just have a tiny piece of cake. I mean, I am having, like, a very, very large piece of cake, and that's my weakness, and I can't – it's hard for me to stop. Am I addicted to cake? No, I'm not addicted to cake. But it's very tempting for me. It's my weakness. I can't exercise portion control very well with cake. So I, my answer to that is, like, okay, don't keep cake in the house, because when I keep cake in the house, I gain five pounds because I eat so much of it, you know. Um, I'll go yeah. along with that. That's good yeah, advice. So, All right. That's, but, I know we just um, had the caller calling in because it was Charlie's Angel. Patricia, I think, was at the supermarket buying those Oreos, and she threw them down <laughs> to pick up the phone and call in. Patricia, Addy Gentle from Atlanta, you're on the line, right? I am. And, you know, I know you were when you were at the supermarket grabbing those Oreos, you were also flipping through uh, Us Weekly, and you saw this headline about two-time Oscar winner Tom Hanks reporting that he had suffered from symptoms of type 2 diabetes for two full decades before he received his diagnosis of having living with type 2. Now, he said a lot of this was because he was gaining and losing weight for various movie roles, including A League of Her Own. What do you want to say? Well, I really can't say that that is true or if it's untrue, but it is a stressor on the system to have um, extravagant weight gain or weight loss. It does... uh, put the cells in a kind of an unknown zone where, um, especially if it's done rapidly, like crash dieting and, and that type thing or putting on weight rapidly, it does 
cause a lot of insulin insulin resistance and the cells are not responding to insulin. So uh, that may well be one of the factors. Well, you know, when you say that, I wonder if Oprah Winfrey is hearing this podcast tonight because she would certainly be at risk for something with this. She's She's been very public about her yo-yo dieting. I don't know if she's proud of it, but we've certainly seen that from the 30-year career she's had on TV. And obviously I've worked for Luther Vandross, who did have a very public uh, weight loss and weight gain um, throughout his life, and he was living with type 2 diabetes, and unfortunately he did have a stroke from mismanage- mismanagement. So, you know, the thing about Tom Hanks to me that's interesting is he didn't really have huge weight fluctuations, and, you know, he's living with type 2 diabetes. Well, yes, that that is true, but, um, you know, he could have already been predisposed. There may be some family history. There could be a lot of different factors there that would cause him to have uh, developed diabetes rather than the yo-yo dieting, but I do think yo-yo dieting can be a big factor. All right, and, you know, Neva White, you're the leader of the Diva Better Club, in Philadelphia, we're going to be talking to more of the members coming up in the show. But, you know, one of the things I'm sure Tom Hanks is saying that several thousand people echo in their minds is, why me? Why did this happen to me? Why do I have diabetes? What do you want to say to that? Well, I would say that that's a very normal response. I think that many times, you know, we ask ourselves this question, And sometimes if we sit down and we look at things and sometimes if we go back in our family history, like Cherry was saying, that her father had diabetes, sometimes we can identify family members who have diabetes. We can then also sometimes look at our lifestyle. And although we may not always be able to give people a clear-cut explanation as to why they have diabetes, we can tell them that the way that you're feeling is not at all an unfamiliar feeling. It's something that everybody goes through. And I know, you know, we, you and I have worked together for a long time, and David and, and um, Pam are coming up later, and so is Michelle. I know we work very hard to help people feel less isolated and overwhelmed from a diagnosis and you know we put a lot of time and effort and encouragement into the diva better club and really showing people that community can help exactly i think that once people get around other people who have diabetes and they find that their feelings are not uncommon and that that other people are actually going through some of the same things they're going through, they begin to start to feel better because at times you can feel like you're the only one and you're very isolated. But I think by having a support group, having a network of people, having a good healthcare team allows you to know that you're not alone and you have resources and you have help. Well, on that note, I think we should shine the spotlight on one lovely diva tonight and sing her praises. So let's meet someone living with diabetes. But first, let's do our musical intro. Hello, Diva. Oh, hello, Diva. It's time to pass the boa and show us your new attitude. I am thrilled to introduce you to one of my favorite divas. She's a member of the Diva Better Club. Please welcome to the show Sharon from Philadelphia, PA. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Max. How are you? 
I'm so much better now that you're on the show. <laughs> you've, you've actually been in some of my videos. We've done some videos when we were at the Independence Hall, and uh, you've been featured in some of them. We were having a good time helping people laugh a little, learn a lot. You've been a member of the Diva Better Club for a couple of years now. What's one of the things you've gotten out of being a member of the club? A lot of support. You know, when you have diagnosis of diabetes, you don't know, like Nina said, you really don't know what to do or how to feel, but when there's other people around you that have the same condition you have and you feel so much better, and, of course, you and everybody at Divabetic, it just makes everything so much normal because you don't feel normal sometimes. You feel like, oh, i got to take my sugar, i got to do this, i got to watch what I eat, and you just feel alone a lot of the time. But then when you realize you have all these people that care about you, it makes things so much better for you, at least it is for me. No, and, you know, you and your mom both attend the Diva Better Club. So what is that like to attend with your mom? It was kind of weird at the beginning, but um, she had diabetes for a long time, and I didn't even know about you know, her having it. And then when I got diagnosed pre-diabetic um, a couple of years back, it just threw me a little bit because I didn't know what to do and how to feel. I didn't want to tell anybody. I kind of kept it to myself for a while. And then my primary care doctor told me about DISH, and I met Neva and all the people there, and they make you feel so much better about things. You're going to have your good days. They tell you you're going to have your bad days. But as long as you keep doing what you need to do, just get back on that horse and keep going, that makes things so much better. All right. You know, we love to call women living with diabetes diabetes divas i can't even get it out divabetic is what i want to say but we love to call you divas and we because we think like your favorite some of your favorite celebrities like Pamela bell jennifer lopez they rely on an entourage to help them look and feel their best and we think everyone should do that who's living with diabetes and i want to single out one person that you put on your list as a special member of your healthcare entourage and i want you to tell us why this person has been, uh, you said, has always encouraged you, you, even when you're feeling down, they're just a phone call away. What would you like to say to Dr. Neva White tonight on the show? I'd like to say to her that she's great and she's there whenever I need her. And when I'm feeling like I can't do anything, I can just email her or call her. Or, and I just think she's wonderful. I think she she makes everybody feel like they're wanted and loved and that's a great feeling. I'm glad I got that. And I haven't been having too many good days. And all I know is I can just call her and she'll just be there for me. And if I go to class, she'll give me a hug and ask me how I'm doing and tell me how beautiful I look when I sort of start wearing my makeup again and changing my hair up. And she's just wonderful to me. She's just somebody that makes me feel so special. I just want her to know that. I agree. Thank you, Neva Sharon. White, you are thank an outstanding you. educator. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you, thank you. And, Sharon, you know I really appreciate you being there and your faithfulness and your loyalty to the club and everything that we do. You're always there. We can always count on you. So I appreciate you as well. Thank you. Well, that's all about being a member of the team, and you're going to meet more of them coming up. But guess what? Sharon, you know this for a fact. I love to play games, right? Yes. <laughs> Are you ready to play a game? I'm going to my bed. All right. Guess what, everybody? It's time for Diabetes Numerology. Here's how it works, Sharon. I'm going to read aloud 
a random blood sugar value along with a related situation. Next, I'll ask you to tell us how you would deal with this situation. And then finally, the angels will discuss your solution and share some tips. Remember, if you're playing along with us tonight on Diabetes Numerology, please keep in mind that one solution doesn't work for everyone. Check with your doctor to find out what your specific game plan should be and visit divabeg.org for free diabetes numerology downloads. Okay, let's do it one more time because I'm really enjoying the drum roll tonight. That's kind of fabulous, right? Okay, Divey's numerology game is loosely based on Charioteer's newest novella, Ricochet. Your situation, Sharon, you've traveled halfway around the world to Ecuador to retrieve the money of your freckless, feckless best friend and wound up in a dangerous situation where you're running, chasing, and dodging bullets trying to get back in the arms of the man you love. Your diabetes numerology blood sugar tonight is 42. What would you do? Okay, what I would do, first of all, I would take a blood glucose tablet, mm-hmm. and I would wait 15 minutes, and I would take my blood sugar again. And if my blood sugar was still low, I would take another tablet, and I would take my sugar again if it's still low, I would contact my doctor or go to the emergency room. Wow. I want (laughs) to... Neva, what? I'm dying to hear what you want to say to Sharon. I think she did awesome. (laughs) I say go, Sharon. She did a good job. (laughs) She was talking about that rule of 15. You get that emergency glucose in you, 15 grams. And I'm glad she mentioned that, too, because when you're traveling, that's, you know, a good thing to have with you is your emergency glucose. So, Sharon, congrats. Excellent answer. All right. (laughs) Emily, why, why why wouldn't she grab a chocolate bar? Well, um, chocolate bars take a lot longer to digest in your stomach, so they don't work right away. So the glucose tabs are the fastest-acting glucose she could get to bring that low blood sugar up quickly. The liquids work, too? Um, yeah, liquids work, too. Um, the glucose tabs are the fastest, followed by probably, like, um, regular soda, not the diet soda, or juices, like four ounces of juice, four ounces of regular soda. That would work, too. Or hard candy, that works. And what do you recommend when people are traveling, like, to foreign countries? You know, a lot of people are going to be traveling over the holidays. Um, well, the the glucose tablets are, are a good place to start. Or snacks, like, definitely bring snacks with you. You need your glucometer. You need, like, extra test strips. You need all the medication that you um, will need for your trip and then some. Like, sometimes people recommend taking twice as much as you think you'll need. Make sure it's labeled in the pharmacy con- um, the pharmacy provided bottle. Um, medical ID, make sure you're wearing identification that says you have diabetes. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that you need to bring, but it's definitely manageable. All right, and Patricia, um, Sharon's kind of like living out Hannah Endicott's life story on Ricochet. If she did get hit by a bullet, would, that sl- would diabetes slow down her ability to heal? Most definitely. If her blood sugars are being managed and and within the target ranges, then she has a better chance of healing with those numbers where they should be. However, the stress of the uh, impact of having a wound will cause the blood sugars to increase. Anytime your body is under stress or fighting infection or fighting any type of a healing process from the inflammation, then your numbers go up. 
So with those numbers being high, you're going to have an impact to the circulatory system, meaning that the uh, good blood flow and all the good cells uh, being nourished and being rebuilt back to health will be impacted some. So, yes, there will be some impact to that wound healing. All right. Well, Sharon, you did such a great job playing our diabetes numerology game tonight, and I want to thank you for helping to raise awareness in a fun new way. Guess what? You're getting some prizes. You're getting a new naturals gift basket filled with diabetic-safe, low-glycemic, tooth-friendly sweeteners, a cabbage cheese gift basket, samples of Glucolift on all-natural glucose tablets with no artificial colors or flavors, and they're gluten-free. And for the very first time, I'm happy to reward you with three boxes a Salise lozenges, super soft lozenges that offer long-lasting dry mouth relief. While other dry mouth products on the market last for only a few minutes, Salise offers long-lasting relief thanks to Nuvora's patent-insured drug delivery technology. Gosh, I'm dry mouth right here thinking I need a Salise right now. Salise is available for $5.99 in peppermint and wintergreen flavors, as well as a sensitive formula for people with mouth sensitivity at shoprightanddrugstore.com. Learn more about Salise at at nuvorainc.com. And on... I want to celebrate a book release, so guess what? You're getting the copy of Cherry Adair's newest book, Ricochet, email, available on Amazon.com. Now, what do you think of playing along tonight on Diabetes Numerology? That was wonderful. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I did so long. I'm really happy. <laughs> Thank you. I would have given you the prizes if you didn't do well either, but you did a phenomenal <laughs> job. Now, listen, everybody, if you've, listen, if you've been listening in all night long thinking there's a connection between several of the people on the show, Neva White, Emily, and Sharon, they're all a part of something bigger than all of us, and I'm a member of it, too. It's the Divabetic Club Philadelphia, and we work with an incredible team of educators as well as wonderful men, women, living with at risk and affected by diabetes. And we even have an amazing partner in the American Diabetes Association. This team effort goes into making diabetes education that truly dazzles. And every year we like to celebrate the attitudes of the people in the Philadelphia community by throwing a huge free outreach event that Neva mentioned earlier called Divabetic Victory Over Diabetes. You could register today at 1-800-JEFF-NOW. But I want to take a minute and introduce you to some of the other team members who make these events sparkle. Please welcome to the show Michelle Foster from the American Diabetes Association. Hello, Michelle. Michelle? Yes? Uh, were you having a Salise lozenger right there? <laughs> uh, no. Welcome no, no. to the show. And Thank David you. Madison from Thomas Jefferson University doing? Hospital. Hello, David. How are you doing? And Pamela Harris-Smith. Hello, Pam. Hi, Nick. How's everybody? Uh, Michelle, I want to start with you. Tell us a little bit about the ADA in Philadelphia and the POWER program and some of the great outreach efforts you're putting on all year long. Well, we're located in Balakinwood, and basically we service all of Philadelphia, Central PA, Southern New Jersey, and Delaware. And we offer a lot of community outreach programs, Uh, many through faith-based organizations and other organizations that service people that are living with diabetes. 
Um, we have pr- programs that are um, that target the African American community, the Hispanic community, that are culturally appropriate, and we really try to go to the hub of the community and reach out to them in ways that we know they'll be able to be responsive and be able to accept the information. Right. And David, you've been a part of Diva Better Club for several years now. Tell us about one of the programs you love the most. You know, I uh, enjoy Love on a Two-Way Street. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, We uh, developed that about two years ago and uh, allowed uh, individuals, both male and female, to talk about the effects of diabetes and their sexualities and, uh, and some of the issues that goes along with uh, – uh, being a participant in trying to combat the diabetes and living with it. Uh, I love that program, too, and I think you do an outstanding job of leading the men's area and, and really beginning to facilitate a discussion around some of those issues that I think a lot of people have difficulty addressing. And you you make it, uh, like Sharon said about Neva, you also are very approachable and very engaging and very encouraging and I salute you for all the work you do on that program because it is something that's difficult to talk about which is why we spend a lot of time promoting Don't Let Diabetes Kill Romance and talking to both men and women about that and it's it's a pleasure to partner with you on that program. Uh, Pam, you've been a member for several years. You make so much happen in the in the background of Diva Better Club as well as at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. What's one of your favorite memories from the year-long approach to diabetes education? Well, I have a lot of favorite memories, but I like the program on the whole because it just brings so many people together that are going through the same illness and they understand one another. So it's a great support and outlet for people, um, great exercise, resources, and education. So I think, you know, all the topics on the whole that puts it all together and bring people together is what I like most about the whole diabetes program. And, you know, Neva, you could put on a great program, but you need kind of special people to be part of it. And some people really step forward and become major diabetes advocates in their lifetime. And you saw someone transition from mismanaging their diabetes all the way to becoming such a strong partner, not only with the Diva Better Club, but with also with Thomas Jefferson University's uh, community health and outreach. And we're going to recognize someone this year. So can you tell us a little bit about our special diabetes advocate? That person is Mr. Malcolm Drummond, and we are going to be presenting a memorial award in his honor. And Mr. Malcolm, uh, he started out very unhappy, very angry about the fact that he had diabetes, but it was just the fact that he had diabetes on top of everything else. And, you know, he had a lot of challenges with that, but by embracing the diabetes and embracing the lifestyle. He really uh, turned lemons into lemonade, as I like to say, and he really almost took it on as his life's work in terms of helping people and talking to people because he found that once he started working on getting his diabetes better, his, his health improved in general. He started feeling better and he was able to do all the things that he wanted to do. So he really kind of uh, turned it around in his own life, and he was so excited about the benefits of uh, living well 
and doing good that he wanted to share that with other people. And not only that, he became one of our primary peer educators and volunteers, and we really, really miss him, and we really miss his work. But his his footprint, his mark on our lives, we were all forever changed because he really, um, he did his best, and he gave all that he had to the cause. And Michelle Foster from the American Diabetes Association, I hope people listening to the testimony that Neva gave about Mr. Malcolm are inspired to want to get involved in their communities. I know the American Diabetes Association has so many outlets for people to get involved in. How how could people find out more about the ADA? Well, I encourage everybody to visit our website, www.diabetes.org. Um, there's a host of information. You can always go to your city and state and look up to see what kind of local events that we're offering from fundraising events such as our walk to step out stop diabetes or tour or some of our community outreach programs such as Conferencia or Project Power or even National Church ID Day. Um, you can also call our 1-800 number, 1-800-DIABETES. We have an awesome center that any type of services that you need, if you're looking um, information on diabetes or information providers or just, again, information to help out in terms of medications, things of that nature, they can assist you. They have a vast resource out there, and they definitely can lead you in the right direction. And, David, you know, we work together all year long, too. We don't see so many men, but when you see a man like Mr. Malcolm and what he's trying to do, it is inspiring, is it not? And, and, and a reason why more men need to get involved in the fight for diabetes. Well, that's the whole issue. Uh, the uh, men have to become uh, strong participants in uh, their health in general. And with diabetes growing at the rapid it has been, has been uh, it, it's important that men have a, a clear understanding. I think the diabetic uh, has allowed me uh, to grow uh, as a human being around uh, this um, issue and being able to participate and uh, hopefully uh, have more men uh, participate in um, this uh, disease of diabetes and all other chronic diseases that affects us in, in this world. And I just want to say from a diabetic standpoint, I know when I coined the phrase diabetic, it, it certainly implied that it was more directed at women, but I love to see more men come out to the programming. I love to see families share the programming. I think it's about keeping your house a home. It's about learning how to prevent diabetes, health-related complications like stroke, blindness, amputation, and it, it's for everyone. It's not just one gender or another, although it is fun to bring the women together, especially when you have... Uh, women who love to line dance. So, you know, people are thinking, oh, my gosh, health screenings, this event can't be much fun at all. But there's lightning in the bottle, folks, right here, because we've got one of the best line dancers in the Philadelphia area with us, Pam Harris-Smith. I look forward to line dancing with you this year. I heard you're practicing, right? Yes, I was practicing, and I was showing me how to do wobble. We're going to do the wobble, right? We're going to wobble till we can't wobble no more. Well, that's now, just like dancing is such a great form of exercise for people, and most people like to dance. So, um, hey, why not dance and get your exercise if you can't make it to the gym? I love it. Neva, how can people register still for Divabetic Victory Over Diabetes on Saturday, November 16th? 
All they have to do is dial 1-800-JEFF-NOW and register, and we'll be glad to have them. I just wanted to say one thing. I wanted to just thank David Madison. He is retiring, and we're going to miss him. But I just want to let him know how much we appreciate all he's done for David. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, David Madison and Pamela Harris-Smith are really the backbone of Divabetic in terms of what happens behind the scenes and making sure everything is in order, our rooms, all the things we need. I mean, it's just been, we wouldn't have been able to do it without the two of them, and especially David. I I don't even know how we're going to move forward. You're going to be missed, but we want to let you know that we love you and we really appreciate everything that you've done for us. Absolutely. And, and Sharon, what is it like to be a part uh, and experience the Diva Better Club from a participant standpoint? Oh, it's, it is amazing. I mean, the, the things that we do there and the people that are there, and especially the line dance. I'm not a very good line dancer, so Pam, just be getting down. <laughs> so it's just so, we, uh, Eva, we, everybody leaves out there feeling so much better. You know, it's like, okay, we have diabetes, but we can take control of it. It doesn't have to control us. No. And you, you, and Dish is an amazing program. What is one of the, what is one of the, something that you found out? Because we were talking earlier about people saying, "Why me?" There's a lot of people listening tonight who might be newly diagnosed or might have a family member who's newly diagnosed. What's something you've learned along the way from your education at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital that you could pass on that might help, encourage, or motivate, or just might just uh, lend some support to someone listening right now? Just take one day at a time focus on one goal, and have a good backbone in your family or at your primary physician and people like Neva or have no one's like Neva because she's only one of a kind. So (laughs) we're lucky to have her. So nobody else can have her but us. But if you find someone like her, you got it made. I mean, you don't have to – you're going to feel down about it, but you just take one step at a time. Just breathe in, breathe out, and – Take it slow. Don't try to do everything at once. Just focus on one goal and then take another goal and take another step. And then before you know it, you're just living your life and you're not thinking about the diabetes as your main focus. Great advice. And, you know, Emily, you're a registered dietitian. Food is a big issue, which is why we're doing the Plate Poetry Project at SUNY Downstate uh, this week in, in celebration of World Diabetes Day. But a lot of people listening, again, are newly diagnosed. They really, uh, food has been a comfort. Suddenly it's something totally different for someone who's been diagnosed with diabetes. What, what kind of advice can you lend to that newly diagnosed person? Well, first, I, I don't expect anyone to be perfect, and I think it takes a lot of pressure off when you hear that as a patient. Um, I mean, no, no one eats perfectly, and so you have to find a way to eat what you like in just different portion sizes and foods that are going to satisfy you, that you feel good about. All right. You know, sounds like we're going to down to a little bit of advice from everybody, and I always enjoy hearing advice from one special diva. It's time to get some motherly advice on diabetes and health and living healthy and happy. She's been helping me do that for several decades now. Please welcome to the show, Mama Rose Marie. 
Thank you. I'm here, and I'm willing to you participate. I love being on your show, and thank you for having me. And I think you mentioned that this month was Diabetes Awareness Month, and I want to tell everybody that the color representing um, diabetes is blue. I'm not sure everybody knows about that, but that's a favorite color of many people. And so I want to encourage all my divas and dudes to go out and buy themselves something special in blue for this month of, of November. Um, and for this month, I just want to review a couple of my favorite um, tips. And some of them have been already um, mentioned by your CDEs, but I want to re-emphasize them. My most important one is for everybody to wear a medical alert bracelet or a necklace. That is so important. The second one I want to emphasize, and we, you were, this is, goes well with your plate poetry, was that we should all have our meals on a salad plate rather than a big dinner plate this way. It looks like we're having a full meal, but we're eating less food, and that's always better for us. And then, of course, someone mentioned about the glucose, uh, having the glucose available at any time. So you should always have a little bit in your pocketbook or the car or even in your pocket just to always have that available. And because we're doing things on books, my one of my favorite tips is for everybody to to start reading. It's a wonderful pastime, and I always have a book on hand. And when you have a few minutes, um, just think about reading a book rather than your health. And um, I think that would be very encouraging for you. Uh, to do that. I have never picked up a book that I haven't learned a little bit of something, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, or romance. So um, I want to encourage all my divas and dudes to read books. So until next month, I will bid you all a ciao for now. You know, I'm look. thank you, Mom, and I'm looking forward to reading one special book right now. I think that's a perfect intro to bring back our best-selling author, Cherry Adair, thank you for being on the show tonight and celebrating your book release party with us for the newest book you came out with, Ricochet. Thanks, Jess. And did you notice the color of the cover? It's blue. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't an accident. Well, thank you for being on the show. I want to tell everyone, this has been uh, a very special podcast for me. Not only did I get to celebrate it with Michelle Foster from the ADA in Philadelphia, who I adore, Neva White, Pamela, Pamela Harris-Smith, Dave Madison from the Diva Beta Club. I couldn't do it without them. I, I'm so grateful for everything you do and honored to be part of your team. But I also get to salute wonderful divas and dudes like Sharon from Philadelphia, which is an honor to have you on the show tonight. Patricia Addy-Gentle is the first educator I ever worked with in Atlanta. And every month I get to celebrate the talents of Lorraine Brooks. And I just am blown away that Lorraine is hosting one of our programs right there at SUNY Downstate. And, of course, one of the more amazing things that's happened to me recently is helping inspire Cherry to write such a tremendous book. I'm looking forward to reading it. I want everyone to know I'm so happy to be part of your entourage. Let's stay happy and healthy together. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Max. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Yeah. Okay. 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 Okay